This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 679, brought to you by Harry's. Go to harrys.com slash iFanboy to redeem your trial shave set. And listeners just like you. Hello, welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 679. I'm Josh Flanagan, and I don't have a co-host again. Those of you who listened to my uh, Hellboy show earlier this week will be used to this. Um, I probably will have more to say this time, so uh, that'll be a thing. Connor's on vacation, um, and and I opted to do this on my own. I like to do that like once a year, just to sort of make sure my, my chaps are in place. But here's what you need to know. It is about 11.30 on Saturday night, so um, I've done this quite late. Uh, there are a lot of things going on. This is literally the first moment I've been able to do it. I just finished my comics a few minutes ago, um, and I'm so tired. Actually, a little bit cranky. So hopefully you guys can help me uh, with that um, through your – well, I mean, I, I won't really see your responses for a while until later, and people say nice things about me, and I appreciate that. But then I feel weird because I feel like I'm sort of soliciting those those uh, nice things to say, but I'm not, but I also kind of am. It's not okay in my head is kind of what I'm getting at. Uh, this show's not normally like this. Normally there's there's two of us. There's there's myself uh, and my my uh, life partner Connor Kilpatrick um, or, or one of our other uh, people around. But this time it's just me um, because uh, I already talked about it. I told you I was tired. There's gonna be there's gonna be yawning. It's probably gonna be yawning, and I I probably won't edit it out just because I said this. So we're good. Uh, and there's going to be uh, lapses of memory. That's going to be a thing also. Um, <clears throat> I like to get listeners used to that so that they don't write in and be like, how come you didn't? And it's like, because I don't remember things. And that, that's all there is to it. So iFanboy is a is a podcast. Uh, you're listening to it right now. It's about comic books. We read, I read a stack of comics, um, 22 of them this week. Uh, and one of us, me, picks his favorite book, and that is called The Pick of the Week. I'm going to talk about that book. I'm going to talk about uh, – I'm actually going to talk about every other book I read this week. So they might be shorter, uh, but that's what I decided to do, uh, which is really going to screw me over come show note time. And again, I'd like to remind you it's 1130 on Saturday night, and I have two little kids. So you do the math on that one. Oh, there's the patron pick, uh, and then there's some listener mail at the end, uh, patron powers. That's it. Spoilers are coming about books and things that happen in them. So – that's a thing. There will be spoilers if you haven't read your books. Ain't my problem. This week, Josh has the pick. That's me. The pick of the week this week is Middle West number six, written by Scotty Young, with art by Jorge Corona and Jean-Francois Beaulieu on colors. Um, so why is this the pick of the week? I had read I had read uh, what I would refer to as a crap ton of comics this week, and almost nothing really stood out. Um, Middle West was one of the last things that I read, and... Uh, I, I've been enjoying the series. Uh, you know, I, I like it. It's okay. Um, there's a metaphor going on in here. Boy runs away from home because his dad, I think he's a single dad, it turns into a tornado, and it that both represents his anger. And it's his, his real, he's really a tornado. So it's both a metaphor and literal, as far as we know. It's a, it's a fantasy world of some kind. Um... And uh, he goes off to some fantasy world, uh, not unlike not unlike in in the Shazam books. So there's the different realms or the whatever. I think, I don't know. Uh, but there's a talking fox and there's a circus and there's a robot of the circus. So I don't think that's here. But I don't know. Maybe the story was here. I I tended to think of it like like the Wizard of Oz. Like they started off in Kansas or wherever. Tornado happened, finds himself in the crazy place, fun with the talking fox, meets an old guy, then goes off with the circus because uh, he, he caught, gets caught stealing like Jane's Addiction and uh, uh, meets people at the circus. Anyway, that's everything that happened. That's uh, that's uh, that's the past, and uh, which is prologue as I understand it. Uh, this issue finds that he has been uh, Jed, 
Is that right? I'm not even going to look, uh, but I think that might be it. We find that he's been with the circus for some time now. And uh, Jeb, uh, he likes the circus. No, Abel. It's Abel. I don't know who Jedediah is. That's the name in the beginning. Scotty's probably going to listen to this, and, and he's going to know, and I'm not going to know, and that's fine. Anyway, he's with the people in the circus, and he starts to feel like it's a home. Uh, and him and, and the, the little girl... Uh, I don't know, or she's a teenager or whatever, that um, he's hanging out with uh, uh, she, she, Bobby is her name. Uh, they get really close, and she sort of explains, like, hey, my family sucked too. I know you don't like to talk about your family, but, um, you know, these people are my family. I chose them. And there, there's a lot to that idea, that, that thing that you choose your family. Um, I have only 50% of my family is a loving and wonderful family. The other half... Are, are the people who are not directly connected to me are also loving. The point is, um, I've overshared. Mark that. If, do you have the bingo or the drinking game is the part where I, when given a mic to speak into, uh, will just overshare. Anyway, the point is like, so, uh, you know, my part of family is, is, is really good, but I've also like built up my own family. I, I have my, my wife as a person who I met in the world, uh, Connor and Ron, who I, you know, started the show with and do them like they're my brothers that, you know, they're chosen family, that kind of thing. I moved far away from everybody. So the people that I build up around me are that. So a point is I related to that uh, in that way. And, you know, my father is not an angry uh, tornado person. But then uh, you go back to the the second half of this or actually not even half, second two thirds or so. uh, The lady uh, who runs the circus says, listen, you're good. You, You paid off your debt. You can stay here if you want to. That's nice, but first this, and she does some Vulcan shit on him, uh, and then they go into his mind, and they see all these memories of, you know, back when his mom uh, or his dad was, was like, a nice guy and happy to see him, and and then stuff happened that made him sort of be angry all the time that, that you know, he didn't understand, but then we go back and we watch, you know, interpretations of his dreams, not or the little things that happen. Um, and he gets stuck in there. And then it turns out that Abel is also a rage-induced tornado of his own kind. Um, for me, the, the reason that this is Pick of the Week is that there were things in here that I relate to. I like the I like the idea of there's anger and frustration that sort of happen as part of parenting. And I think that, that uh, the author is trying to speak to that to a certain amount. Uh, and I find that interesting and, and how that manifests itself here artistically. Um and then, you know, how that gets passed down to the kids. I mean, if you you know, the metaphor being, you know, if, if your parents are angry, then you're going to be probably an angry parent too, you know. And that's the thing that people don't talk about. There's a lot of that. And, and just doesn't necessarily mean that you're always angry with your kids or whatever. But there's definitely times when you're parenting where you're like, nope, I overshot that one. You know, they overshoot things a lot, probably more. But and then you look back and you go, oh, I remember when my mom overshot that one. I don't know that's what he's going for, but that's what I got a sense of. Um, And then at the same time, you have, you know, I think really effective art by Jorge Corona. Um, I remember in the, I think it was the Bully Wars, the artist for that book wasn't identical to Scotty's work, but it was a Scotty-style type artist. Um, This art is a little further away from that, which I think is in keeping with the fact that he's not trying to sell, tell a really necessarily cartoony story. There are elements of that here. And the art is uh, expressive in that way, but I think it's done really well. And the sort of the backdrop of this this rural countryside with a circus on it, and you know the way you know this retro modern kind of stuff with the robot uh, that's there and, and old timey cars around, and people are kind of dressed like hobos from another time. And I I like it. I just I enjoy this issue. I think this is the one where like I've been fine with it before. I really like the first issue. And then after that I was kind of reading it. We've been, you know, not really treading water, but there's just so much material coming that it wasn't necessarily grabbing me every issue. And and with this one I thought, "Oh, this is this is good. This is what it is. I feel like sort of the emotional connection to this." Uh and and that that was enough. And you know, uh, it's not like one of those um Oh my God, this issue blew me away, but it was effective, and that's enough. A lot of times, it 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 worked. It was like I think I see what this is about, and I want to know what happens next. And once it gives you that anticipation for the next issue, then uh, you know, then it's doing its job. And also, like it's just so, it's so pretty to look at. And and you know, uh, Scotty 
who I'm going to refer to on a first name basis because when that K is in there, it just makes you feel familiar. Um, I haven't talked to him for a while, so uh, you know I can still be professional about this. But he hooked up with uh, uh, Jean-François Bellier. And those colors, like in the way that like Mignola, Mignola stuff is always colored by Dave Stewart, no matter who's drawing it. It really creates this like link between the work and the artist. There's a visual familiarity with who's writing it. I think it's a really smart thing for writers to do is just say, I'm working with this this color artist uh, all the time. Not, not everyone should do that. Not every project is the same. But in this instance, it's something, it's something that works. And I really like that that relationship exists. Should we move on to the next book? There's a lot of them. There's many of them. Next up's Farmhand number seven. We've come back from hiatus. Uh, there was a little bit of time that's gone away. You know, in much the same way that I liked Middle West, I liked this. Uh, there's a obviously, if you've read this book before by Rob Guillory, written and drawn, uh, there's a lot of family stuff in here. Um, it doesn't hurt that both Scotty and Rob are young fathers. Uh, they both have uh, multiple kids, um, and they're working through this stuff in their comics. Uh, I'm about the same age as them. I had kids about the same time. I've I've spoken with both of them. And so what's coming through here is very, um, it's very present. It's very immediate and it's very sincere. And I, I really like that. I, I, I like that. There was, it was a thing like in a while, like about a bunch of people in comics who are about my age all started having kids around the same time. And it's this remarkable sort of thing that we can, that we all share together. Um, and I say that, you know, like I'm not a comics pro in that sense, but I was, I knew a lot of people. Uh, I was at those shows at that point. And, and it's one of the ways that people have to keep in touch. Anyway, that's the all coming through in this work, uh, and I, I find that really interesting and fascinating. And and uh, you know, even if you don't know these people or talk to them directly, if you're on social media, you can see that you know these people have kids. I've had Scotty, I've had Rob, both on my Talksplode episodes, and I can't remember if it was just on the show, but either you know before or after recording, we were talking about our kids and doing stuff like that. And so all this family stuff that they're dealing with is 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 super fascinating to me. Um, also, there's a really nice scene in here where, um, Jesus, is he called Rob in this? I don't even know. But the guy who's basically the stand-in for Rob, um, you know, his wife comes up to him. She's like, what is with you? You're being all sullen. You're not saying anything. And he's doing, I'm fine. You know, I, I, I've been there. I've been exactly there. Um, and then later he goes into her room and he's like, yeah, you're right. Uh, I haven't been telling you everything. Here's what happened. And then the wife's like, yeah, I have to tell you something, too. And they just sort of get it all out. And I hate in stories where people just hold everything in all the time. And that's where the tension is supposed to come from. Anybody in the real world has sort of learned that if you can let that stuff out, if you can talk about it, it makes the situation better 100% of the time. I mean, unless you've done something really shitty. But, um, you know, it's, it's just a thing I really I really like about it. And, you know, the, the problem here is that the dad isn't saying anything. And there's this bit where he goes ragey in his house and like, he's been cool and calm and controlled. And you know, he's just, he just smashes a bunch of stuff and he's screaming to the heavens. What do you want from me? Haven't I done everything you wanted? You know, why is everything turned to shit? And it was very raw. It was very real. Like it's a person who, if you see somebody like that, you want them to have that moment. You want to know that they're human, that they're trying, that they're bothered by it. And you know, Rob is, Guillory is, is moving, you know, in between his, his very little, comedy in this one there is a little slimer like uh, bulldog pug dog ghost thing uh that was very funny and i like how when it showed up everybody else freaked out like ah it's horrible and but it's protecting the kid and it helped save them from wild boar um this is a good issue i thought it was a really good return to form back it'd been a little while and i was like am i still gonna want some of this is this still a thing that i need Sure. Let's continue the uh, image train. I literally just wrote these all down in the order that uh, I found them in the apps, so that's why. Assassination number two. Was this the pick of the week? Not pick of the week. Patron pick before. Um, it was fun. Uh, this one was fun, too. Uh, I, I enjoyed that last issue. I like this one. I like that we've narrowed down the field of people so that we're starting to get to know the personalities of the different folks in here. Kyle Starks uh, really doing a beautiful uh, heap of characterization here there's a bit where somebody they're going to do like a team building exercise and so it's like tell us about your first kill and nobody really wants to talk about it we get multiple flashbacks of the people getting their first kills and how it happened and how their personalities uh are reflected in that 
Then there's old Stan, and he's like seems to be senile and can't quite remember anything. And he gets killed by the end of the issue. But uh, he was a bad dude, so it's fine if you read his sort of first uh, his first kill story. Um, it, there's just a lot of little things like that. Nice touches, nice little curveballs. Uh, you know, beautiful characterization, wonderful dialogue. And, you know, the art's still fun too. I can still I can still recommend this book. I'm glad that I'm still reading it. Um, out from Skybound, even no less. So. So Kirkman went, eh, that's got something. Uh, Oliver number three. Uh, that's my son's name. That may have been why I looked at this. Uh, the other thing was that it's drawn by Derek Robertson, um, who who I you know am forever beholden to from from Transmetropolitan. Um, I don't know what this is. Seems like a special forces thing. I think I maybe tried to read the first issue. There's almost no dialogue in this, and I literally just looked at the Derek Robertson art. Um, I don't know that that's a review, but I was fine with just looking at the Derek Robertson art. Did I mention Derek Robertson drew this? Moving along, we've got, and I, I am loath to read this title, and I'm sorry, Amazing Spider-Man 19.HU. It's not as bad as that glowing blue spider on his chest, which is the worst aesthetic thing that's ever happened in the history of comic books. Mm, it's up there. This, uh, we've got uh, Nick Spencer and uh, Chris uh, Bacalo. Uh, doing basically a lizard story, and I'm always torn on Chris Bocciolo. I like a lot of it. I think there's a ton here that is really nice to look at. His lizard doesn't look like anything else, and, you know, in another world, that might bother people, and I can even see why, because it's not sort of consistent, but he's just saying, no, this is my interpretation visually of this character, and I think it looks really cool, so he looks more like a real lizard. Basically, uh, Kirk Connors is trying to find his son, so he's trying to find a way to get into the dome that's covered the park that everybody's hunting. And, you know, Taskmaster's kind of helping him, partially because he's having a crisis of consciousness, because uh, he betrayed, not because he did all the horrible things, but because he betrayed the Black Ant to a certain extent. But I, I really like the Taskmaster in, in this whole story. Um, we don't quite, we never get a hang on where he's coming from. Is he just a ruthless mercenary? And the answer is like, yeah, he probably is. But there's just enough that it keeps it interesting. Um, and then you've got this sort of other bit where the lizard can't hurt any living thing, which seems like uh, that's difficult to get away with. Avengers No Road Home number 10 is a is a comic book that came out this week. This is the last of, of the... 10-issue weekly miniseries uh, that was written by the triumvirate of Mark Wade and Jim Zub and Al Ewing was the other one uh, who did that. Uh, this one was drawn by uh, Sean Isaacsi. Um, the bit where they take down Nyx, NYX, is pretty good. It's a little... Basically, like, the idea is that she's dark and you can't stop the light because the ideas are light. And they basically show us the whole Marvel universe. And that's the, they kind of name check it as the house of ideas and all the superheroes sort of making an appearance. And there's visual flashbacks, uh, you know, the first Captain America cover and the Human Torch and Marvel history and all the people show up. And then Vision walks out. He's like, it's all good. You know, I it was kind of cute. It was kind of interesting, but it, it was more like uh, aspirational than narrative, I guess. And then we see everybody sort of go back to their their lives. Uh, Monica Rambo is now no longer immortal for some reason. The Hulk takes off down the road, like like the TV show. Uh, 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 Rocket is kind of excited that he was an Avenger for a little bit. Um, you know, then we're at the end. We're in a diner with with Clint and and Vision. Vision, by the way, wearing a sweater vest with a collar underneath it, which you know, bonus points. That could be a pick of the week there. I could sell that. Uh, and then finally, uh, there's a new. Um, it's basically largely about you know Hercules sort of having a new place to be, and he's got a new haircut. Basically, um, that's I mean that's the end of it. He got a new costume and a new haircut, and it looks like a Kirby design from a long time ago. I guess that's fine. It's okay. Oh, and, and Conan's in the Savage Land, which means he's living in our world. It put all these set pieces in place and sort of shook things up a little bit. Whatever. You know, all good. 
Go for it. Guardians of the Galaxy number four. Uh, I'm going to look at this now because I kind of don't remember what happened, if I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, right. There was a big fight. They found uh, Gamora and then the new Guardians who are fighting her come to get her. And this shouldn't come out on the same week as Old Man Quill, is my point. And it comes out on the same week as Old Man Quill every week, uh, every time it comes out. Um, and Groot talks, which is still a problem. But the fights are good. And then at the end of the issue... Uh, Peter Quill is apparently dead. This is a good big fight. It was it was a good fight. Jeff Shaw is uh, a great artist, and it's fun to watch what he does. Uh, I've I, we are we are we are blessed with too much Beta Ray Bill in our lives right now. Sorry, too much isn't really because there's no such thing as that. So I'm actually digging parts of this a lot. Um, overall, from a narrative standpoint, I don't know that I've made my decision up about it yet. Um, Beta Ray Bill's great. That's my point. That's my main point here. As long as he's okay, it's all right that that Groot talks for some reason. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's the fault of Donny Cates. I think that existed somewhere before. But I don't want it. I don't, I don't want it. I don't think it should happen. There should be a hard and fast rule. But those are always made to be broken in comic books. That's how it goes. Uh, Daredevil number four. Almost had this, this almost, almost pick of the week. Which, you know, it's Daredevil and, and Punisher in a closed room, you know, having that conversation about morality and killing and blah, blah, blah. But it was pretty good. Marco Cicchetto draws uh, a really handsome Frank Castle, and I kind of don't like that as a thing. Like, I, I feel like he should be more, I don't know, beat up, uh, kind of hardcore. But he's sort of this, like, oh, he's like a model. Um but basically, the, you know, at the end of this, Daredevil's just like, I'm way more badass than you. You just don't realize it. And then that's that's kind of that's kind of the point they did through there. And uh, uh, the the super cop, the guy who uh, Detective North, he gets a call from Kingpin. Kingpin's like, Damn, you're right, you're doing it. And then Detective North hangs up on him. Uh, and then finally, at the very end, oh, Daredevil's wearing a Punisher shirt. Uh oh. Oh. Oh no. So there's that. Uh, Old Man Quill. And again, I mentioned this shouldn't come out in the same week that the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, book comes out. But this has a big fight with Fin Fang Foom. And the the best part of this comic is basically uh, Quill finds a way to get Fin Fang Foom to turn on uh, the other people. And, 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 and Fin Fang Foom's like, you probably want to control me now. And he's like, no, nah, just go eat those other people. And so he does. Big double page spread. Burns up all the people who, who had captured him and made him mad. Um, and then there's more fights. Uh, it was it was good Fin Fang Foom. And then as they walk away from the whole arena or whatever, you can see a big shadow in the background of Fin Fang Foom flying away. Uh, that's the most I've said Fin Fang Foom uh, at one time, I think, on a show like this. And Taskmaster may or may not get eaten here. I don't know. It's tough to say. There's literally the same villain in this, like that that Guardian. Is it Gla uh, Gladiator? Gladiator, the the guy, I always know him from the Dark Phoenix saga. Like, he's also the head of the religious cult. Now he's the head of the religious cult in this. And then in the Guardians of the Galaxy's book, he's on that team, too. And I don't think that's okay. It's too many of the same characters doing the same thing. Shall we go on? Miles Morales, Spider-Man, number five. Uh, Saladin Ahmed writing i th i think I've, I've said this before you know a pretty good miles morales it's definitely a different feel uh than bendis's but i think that after into the spider verse like you can kind of make that work Genki's getting cooler uh he's lost some weight he's looking a little more chiseled in the face um yeah he's having web there's 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 uh web fluid problems there's school troubles where the the bully comes around and you know He's making the giving the stink eye to Miles, and Miles knows he could he could you know it's not even a contest you know this guy's beating up superheroes, but you know he's got to he's got to you know take it on the chin basically. Uh, he goes after Tombstone, you know he's really tough and confident in this. It's kind of fun, and then a lady shows up at the end. It's like a it's like a young uh, female black vulture kind of thing, but her name is Starling, and she's also come for Tombstone. Um, and she has a stupid visor, although it's vaguely bird-like. So we'll see what happens with that one, I guess. How you guys doing? Are you all right? Everyone good? 
There's only one more book in this section. Let's go for it. It's time for Meet the Scrolls. Meet the Scrolls number three. Number one was a patron pick, uh, meaning we were coerced into reading it. I kind of enjoyed it. Um, I need them to move along now. I get it. The daughter is sort of a disappointment, but they also love her at the same time. Oh no, what's going to happen? The thing about this book is because it's the shape changers and none of the people are even the same people all the time because they can turn into other people. I'm completely lost all the time, um, which is sort of a problem. I want to like this more than I do, um, but I also do like it to a certain extent. This show is brought to you by Harry's. That's right. Uh, long before Harry's was a sponsor, uh, I, Josh Flanagan, was a customer of Harry's. I have, uh, I got a lot of Harry's stuff up there. Just this past week, I was in a, a local uh, chain department store, and I picked up some uh, Harry's facial moisturizer with FPF. That's just, that's just, I just did that on my own. And actually, I was in there because I was looking for more of the Harry's body wash. Uh, yeah, I was in there anyway. I can order it from the website. That's that's mostly what the you go to harrys.com. You do that kind of thing. But I was out in the world. I thought, well, maybe it's right here. I can I can get that clean on my body sooner. But I dig the lotion, not greasy. I haven't gotten a sunburn yet, so I assume the SPF is working, but I, I try to avoid direct sun. <laughs> you can join the 10 million, plus me, 10 million to one, people who have tried Harry's. You uh, claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash ifanboy. So why would you do that? Harry's founders, they didn't want to pay too much for razors. They were overpriced. They were overdesigned. They didn't need vibrating heads. That's a bad idea. Flex balls. I don't know what a flex ball is, but they wrote it here, so I'm going to mention it. Something has a flex ball. Uh, handles that look like spaceships. Tactics from the leading brand that's used to raise prices for decades. Harry's has fixed that. They can find simple, clean design, which is why I bought them originally. Swear to God, I thought, that's a nice-looking razor. That's what I want. It doesn't look like a Civic with a bunch of ground effects and a body crap on it. Um, just look like a nice, nice, nice piece of plastic, something you want to hold. Um, <laughs> clean design, quality, durable blades at a fair price. They bought a world-class blade factory in Germany. They've been making quality blades for over 95 years. They have received over 20,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot and Google. It's good stuff. Replacement cartridges are just $2 each at half the price of a Gillette Fusion Pro Shield. All Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you get a bum one, that means that it's guaranteed. They're going to replace that. If you don't love the shave, let them know. They're going to give you a full refund. I don't think that's going to happen. You will get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Weighted ergonomic handle, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip. That was actually the lubricating strip, by the way, is a is a good innovation. I think if you've tried one without that, you don't want that. Uh, there's a trimmer blade. Back of there, you get the sideburns. There's a rich lathering shave gel. There's a travel blade cover. Listeners of this show can redeem the trial set at harrys.com slash ifanboy. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash ifanboy, redeem the offer, and that will let you know, them know, that will let them know that I sent you to help me. Did you follow that? Hear me, camera guy? Shemwell. So, next up, we have Spider-Man Life Story number two. We have moved from the 60s into the 70s. Uh, you know, things are a little tougher for Peter these days. Plus, he's got some weird armor stuff on his spider-ness, which, which I don't love. Um, but Mary J. Mary Jane. Mary J. Hey, it's April 20th. Mary Jane, uh, 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 gives him some crap because it's always about him and, and sad Peter and, and Flash Thompson didn't make it, which is very sad. Uh, and, and he, Liz is working. Is it Liz? Not Liz. Gwen. Gwen is working for a mad scientist, and they find out that uh, that he actually, at some point, he cloned uh, Gwen, and he cloned Harry Osborn and Peter, and uh, it's creepy. And then the the Green Goblin shows up. He's not green. He's all sort of black, and it's it's Harry. I don't know what's going on, kind of, but it's it's a little crazy. It's fun. Uh, it's it's good Bagley. It's like the Bagley's the right kind of person for this. We cut to seventy-eight in the in the in the in the future, and there's the the clones all get together and they talk. It is Peter. Um, they come in, they meet Mary Jane. It's kind of cool. I I I dig this. This you know, Age of Zdarsky. What are you gonna do? Next up, Star Wars Tie Fighter number one. This is a story about a a uh, em, empire empirical 
M uh Imperial. That's the word I was looking for. An Imperial TIE Fighter Squadron. But I don't think all is well. No, no. I have a feeling some of them might turn because they're talking in the background. They're like, hey, you know, maybe we should. Hey, don't say it. Don't say it. Uh, I actually kind of dug this. This was this was kind of fun. I didn't quite buy it because um, I, I tend to feel that like the uh, Imperials tend to, you know, sort of be lockstep. But I guess a lot of uh, Alliance pilots came from them. So maybe there were a bunch of people who fled. Um, yeah, it was fun. I like the art, uh, by Roger Antonio and Michael Dowling. Again, it's getting away. It's, it's, you know, comic books is cartooning. It's getting away from super photorealistic stuff, which I guess they're doing in the books that don't require you to them to use like the recognizable characters and people, I guess. I don't really know. Um, I dug it. Jody Hauser seems to be writing a lot of these books and I've read a handful of them. They're pretty good. Uh, there's definitely, you know, sort of Star Wars feel living in that Star Wars world. Hey, Star Wars. Um, Thor number 12, a lot of War of the Realms stuff going on. We're going to have a little War of the Realms mini segment here. Um, I really like, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Mike Del Mundo a lot. And he seems like he would be a perfect choice for this. I'm not sure that he is. I like looking at it. I like what he's doing. I think I just miss Russell Dowderman on it. I think that might be it. Um, he's doing War of the Realms directly, and I read all of them together. So, but as this is sort of the main book, uh, we this whole thing is like Loki talking to himself and future versions, and it's it's sort of a I don't know if it's a fever dream. He's just been eaten by his father, Lofe. So it might just all be shit that's going on in his head as he's being slowly digested by Lofe's uh, stomach acids. Uh, there's a bit at the end here, so it was kind of interesting, but it also didn't feel like it was moving the story forward at all. Um, I really do like Mike Del Mundo. I think I just miss Russell Downham, and I'm, that's how I expect this book to look. Um, it was good. It was fine. War of the Realms number two, I thought was actually quite good. I think the first issue suffered from, you know, act one setup kind of stuff. Uh, this sort of brings us into the world, and what's nice is that it's kind of already going on. Um, a bunch of people show up. You got Wolverine, you got Punisher, uh, you know, Captain America, the Avengers are all there. You're watching how it's going down, and and uh, uh, Malekith and his his legions are, are winning. Uh, you know, they basically Doctor Strange uses some spell to transport all the human people out of New York City, and kind of overdoes it. And and then too many Avengers are taken back. Uh, Odin slow shows up, and the, of course the best part of the issue is Freya is just like, "Get Odin to a bed. He needs the Odin sleep." I love it when the Odin sleep takes over. I think it's just you're tired. I'm I'm like that. Um, this is fun. A lot of Valkyries get killed in their horses and stuff like that. It really seems quite dire for our heroes. I think that's the the main takeaway here. I don't think it's going well for them. It's fine. Whatever. Moving along to War of the Realms, War Scrolls number one, which is not the same as War of the Realms number two. Uh, War of the of it's a bunch of short stories basically. Uh, there's, uh, one here with, again, Wolverine and, and Punisher, which is kind of fun and kind of interesting. The first bit, um, by Jason Aaron, which is a Daredevil story, where Daredevil, in the midst of all this, basically becomes a god, because he takes over the power of Heimdall, I guess? And if, if you're putting two and two together here, Heimdall can see everything all the time with his special eyes, but now he's blind, and, you know, uh, Matt Murdock could hear everything. Art by Andrea Sorrentino, you know, colored by Matt Wilson... It's pretty good. I, I really like that story. Um, there's a Howard the Duck story. I could either take or leave. I don't even know who the people are with the Wolverine and Punisher story, but I kind of dug it. It was fun, drawn by Kafu. kind of remember him, uh, written by Ram V, or 5. I don't know. I don't know. And then finally, there's a Warriors 3 uh, or 4, depending if you're going to count uh, Brunhilde, uh, written by Josh Trujillo. And it was fun. Uh, they throw <laughs> they throw Volstag into a dumpster, and then they lose him because uh, he's out of it, which I kind of like too. That was fun. Uh, we almost done here. Oh God, please! I I don't know what I was thinking. Batman number sixty nine. I just raised my eyebrows. Did anybody notice that? Hey, Batman number sixty nine. Uh, uh, still going, I guess. Uh, I'm. I read it. There's a lot of Thomas Wayne. I don't like Thomas Wayne. 
he's fighting Bane. And Bane's like, I've got you. And Thomas Wayne's like, you never had me. You never had your car. Actually, no, that was in the Fast and the Furious. But, you know, basically in this, Bruce Wayne, I guess, is coming to the realization that uh, he never really did love Catwoman. I think he just wanted to love Catwoman, I guess. Yannick Paquette drew it, so that was really nice. And Nathan Fairbairn colored it, so that was also really nice. Um, it's a good-looking Batman that Paquette does. I'll give you that. But, I mean, there, we're, in the, we're in the process of erasing all of this, sort of, in a way. American Carnage number six. Ugh, damn fine comic books. Damn fine comic books. Leandro Fernandez uh, and, and uh, Brian Hill... We learn we learn some stuff in this issue. Um, we we really get to know the sort of main big bad guy and where he's coming from and what he's about. And there's a thing with his daughter. And then we learn that uh, she knows who 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 our who our protagonist here is. She's known all along. Of course, she's gonna know. Come on. Also, there's a bit here called Six Days, uh, which is about a which is a preview for uh, a new series from uh, um, Vertigo about uh, D Day's. Uh, the landing in D-Day's Nor- uh, in Normandy. Uh, it says the last chapter uh, of that. So that looks fun too. It's not related to anything, but I'm totally going to read that book. Uh, I think everybody knew that who's listening here. Naomi number four. Oof. Many things will be explained in Naomi number four. Uh, largely that Naomi uh, found out her dad, adopted dad, is from Iran. Uh, he was like a super elite dude. Uh, and then he got to Earth because he was supposed to kill some Thanagarian, who's the big dude from the garage. And, you know, he looked at that guy and said, he's not doing anything to anybody. And he's like, I don't want to do this either. So they just agree, live and let live, do their thing. Meets a girl, uh, and then, you know, gets a, his, I don't know, space beeper gets a beep, goes out to uh, 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 wherever the beep is coming from. A bunch of space folks jump out of the sky. Uh, there's a Wonder Woman-type lady. Uh... And she drops a baby. He takes the baby. And that is the, the, that's Naomi. That's the daughter. And I guess we'll find out more about what that is later. She's got some symbol in her eyes at the last page. And I don't know what that means, but she basically opens up something. Uh, and it's like Marcellus Wallace and he looks in the case and we don't know what's in there. Uh, but is we happy? We happy. That's right. That's, I can talk about Pulp Fiction. Pearl number eight, also on the Brian Michael Bendis train. I dig this, man. I it's it's fun. There's there's something about it that works, and it's like the experimental Bendis kind of thing going on with the sweet Gatos art, and you know she's uh, her 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 mom, Pearl's mom, was a big Yakuza head, and I don't think I pronounced that right. Uh, I, I I there's a there's like a like games within games and machinations and things moving around and nothing is what it seems and everybody seems kind of nice at the end of it all the crime bosses like oh they're kind of nice and they keep going back to this thing about how the yakuza have a problem with women um just which is like you know duh but but then again they still respect some of them so that's a thing whoo oh here we go that was a lot of talking uh and and there was war corners in there and there was suit, there was Star Wars corners in there, but I lumped them in all at once because um, yeah, I could do the show, man. I don't have time for this artifice. Finally, we have uh, the patron pick. Do you guys know about the patron pick? Oh, man. Uh, the patron pick is great. And here's how you get it. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That is the place where you can go uh, to support this show uh, with your cash. That's the deal. Um, we work real hard to do this. It takes up a lot of time. I am here at midnight on a Saturday because uh, everybody's on vacation. And, and and I need to go to bed. But I'm not going to not do this show for you. I'm not going to read not read all the comics. I'm going to go for it. You know, because it's important because you've got I have all these people who are counting on listening to this, many of whom have decided to sign up and support the show directly with their money to show us that it's valuable to them. I appreciate that so much. Uh, It means the world to me. It does to Connor, too. He's not going to say that, though. Uh, He'll say it to me. He might not say it to you, but it's pretty rad. So get over there. Uh, We really want to get to this next stretch goal if we can. Maybe we've reached our zenith. I don't know. Uh, with Patreon, not creatively. We reached our creative zenith long ago. I think we all recognize that. Um, There's a monthly non-comics media podcast that will be coming up if we get to that next stretch goal, and we will upload all the missing full-length video shows and minis to our YouTube channel. 
put them back on the website. But that's what it's for, uh, to sort of, uh, you know, show how this has value for you um, and, and to, to make it valuable for us at the same time. Uh, you go to iFamber.com slash support just directly if you would like to make a donation for it via PayPal. If you don't want to use the Patreon system for whatever reason, uh, you can go to our store, T-shirt store, and and, and items, tchotchkes, knickknacks, uh, items. I said that. Uh, there are seven designs over there. There's some more coming up. We've been talking about a couple of them. Saying, get your G-dat. Your G-dat on. Get your nothing makes sense, nothing matters. Get a rating shirt. Ratings. Ratings. Get a, If one was Electro... That's the one I have. I want more of them. I just haven't gotten around to it. Uh, you can also go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon. Uh, you will find a link to Amazon there. And when you do that, it's like our affiliate link. You know what I'm saying? You go in, you buy your stuff, and then they're like, here you go, iFanboy. You got them here. Thanks very much, dog. And be like, it's right. I've been watching The Wire again. I don't know if that was a cultural appropriation or what, but I've been listening to Method Man for a long time. So what do you want? <sighs> They killed his dog. He wasn't talking about murder at all. <laughs> That's a very specific and, and not funny joke. Uh, finally, oh, you can find links to all those books on Booksplode. That is the last of my of my marketing spiels for the day. I hope that you enjoyed them. Patron pick uh, is for everybody who is a patron gets to vote on what book they want us to read this week. You, the people, chose BPRD. The Devil You Know, number 15. I believe that this is the last, not necessarily the last Hellboy, but chronologically the last Hellboy BPRD story. Because at the end, anybody who's been reading Hellboy knows that he's supposed to be it's the right hand of doom. He is an Anganrama. He is going to trigger the end of the world, the end of days. And that is what happens at the end of this book. The world ends. Ragnarok. All is wiped away for this, for whatever to begin anew. He fulfilled his destiny as he was supposed to. But here's the problem. I quit reading Hellboy and BPRD a while ago. Because it was very much to me feeling, yep, yeah, we've, okay, yeah, we've, we've been through this before. I didn't feel like I missed a step. I haven't read it in years. And it's not that it's bad, it's just that it was, like, there's... I don't, I don't know what the point of everything was because it, it's the same people and he's saying, ah, oh, crap, and all the stuff that I really liked about it for a long time was still there, but it, it didn't feel like we'd sort of move forward at all. And it's not bad if that's what you like. And I do like it, but I'd had enough of it, if that makes sense. That's not the same as criticism. You know, it's not to say that it, it's crappy. It's just, it is what it is. If you like that Hellboy thing, you're going there. You know, it's better than the movie, you know? Uh, this was, uh, drawn, the first half was drawn by Lawrence Campbell, and then the second half was drawn by Mike Mignola as he sort of really, you know, ends his Hellboy story. Now, in the afterwards, he kind of says, we're not done telling stories about everything that happened before this, but this is the end of this now, which is pretty interesting, uh, you know, in a, in a way to look at it. Um, but, you know, that being said, it wasn't like it was a surprise because, They've been they've been teasing this for years. It is what's supposed to happen, and it's a it's the Chekhov's gun of Ragnarok. Like if you say this is how it's gonna be, it's gotta be that you know, and and all that prophecy and all that whatever it had to happen, it had to come true, had to be a thing. So it did. That was the end of the world. I'd like to say that I was like, oh man, it was great to be back. It was exactly the same being back, and it was the reason that I had kind of stopped reading it. I I think if you're down with Hellboy, maybe you've been following maybe closer than I did then you might dig it, get more out of it. Um, it was nice to look at. I, I really do like Mike Mignola's art, but there's there's times where I'm like, is this just minimalist because? Or, you know, there's Hellboy in that pose again. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this. This is, this is sacrilegious. Um, I just kind of lost interest. So it was fine. It was, it was what you expect. I know that, I mean, but that's my story of it. I know that there should be a more detailed response, but at the end, I was like, okay, it's just, it's this again. It's more of this. It's this thing that I was like, that's cool. I've had enough of it. And it ended the way that they told us it was going to end. Um, You know, but but it's still an accomplishment. I see something like 180 issues of all that altogether. Really like that early BPRD stuff. But I will say that while it was interesting, when the sort of monsters started showing up and the world was kind of ending all over the place, 
after a while it was the it was it was a bunch of miniseries. I don't want to say Hell on Earth was was one of the big ones there. Like for a while, it's just it just sort of dragged on. I was like, this is not really any hope. Every all these people are doing this for nothing. It's kind of what it felt like. Um, so there was that. Uh, 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 oh, and and I guess Liz caused it, but he, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it's it's not all terribly clear either. That's the other thing. I don't think it was great. So would you like a rating? 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 Um, three and a half. I'm gonna go with three and a half. There apparently isn't another one, so I can't tell you if I'm gonna read it or not. But if it was, I might read the last one or whatever comes next. How's that? Also, patrons who donate five dollars or more uh, get put on a list. And that, that list is for them to re- receive patron powers. Now, normally, it's a, it, the patron power is a superpower that we come up with and assign to you completely at random. It, it has no... We just make them up on the spot as we go. Uh, uh, normally, I only have to do two of these, uh, but this week I'm going to do three. So, because we got to finish these at some point. Uh, uh, Jean-Marie Arondel, I'm pronouncing that as Parisian as I can. Uh, but it might be just Jean Maria Rondel. I don't know, but I bet I bet uh, it would rather be Jean Marie. She's uh, um, Can turn any normal car into a Star Wars vehicle. So if it's you know, oh that's a nice Accord, add at, or 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 a B wing fighter, or perhaps uh, that Chevy Malibu. Could be turned into the super zippy single single cockpit A wing fighter, or uh, a sand speeder, something like that. Luke Skyhopper, T seventeen. Hmm. Pretty cool, Jean Marie. Andrew Ziengel. Ziengel. I don't know how to say that. Maybe the first one was right. Ziengel. Uh uh. Z- the D is silent, perhaps. Zinyel? Maybe. He knows your Wi-Fi password. All of them. If if he's somewhere and he's like, oh, this signal sucks, and then you pull up that big list, you know, of available networks, and there's the lock, he can just do, he just, oh, I'll just type that in. And then he can always get that. There's no, you cannot encrypt your network uh, from Andrew. There's, there's not he's so he's always getting in he's not abusing it he's not like i got in i'm gonna just torrent this shit out of everything are torrents still a thing i i feel like people don't talk about him anymore but i feel like it's still happening are you people still stealing comics you need to knock that shit out look what's happening look what's happening finally kyle d me and my brother kyle we were walking down a long and lonesome highway and then there shined a shiny demon in the middle of the road. I could keep singing this. And we played the first thing that came to our head. And it just so happened to be. It was the best thing in the world. It was the greatest thing in the world. I can do the whole thing. Uh, Kyle. Kyle D is not in Tenacious D. But you can see how the name Kyle D would make me think of Tenacious D. Uh, Dave Grohl on drums on that track. Oh, man. That is such a middle-aged uh, nerd white guy thing to do. It's like, did you know? Push his glasses up, snort. Dave Grohl's a drummer on that whole album. Oh, it's true. Heath friends with Jack Black and Kyle Gass. Um, where was I? So Kyle D, I sang to you all. I hope you appreciate that. Kyle D can recycle anything. He doesn't have to sort. He doesn't have to do anything. If he throws it into his recycle bin, it's recyclable by nature. He doesn't have to rinse the sauce out of the jar. He doesn't have to make sure that it's the right kind of paper. No, that paper is coated. It's not recyclable. He's not. Nobody at the plant is mad at Kyle D. Because he's. if he throws it in there, it becomes recyclable. Now, he can't do that to your recycle bin. But if you bring stuff over to recycle, just drop your trash bag in there. That shit will recycle. It's not going to clog up the machines. It's not going to make bad plastic bottles when they use it to put into whatever. It is. Just recycle it. He's the... There's no more waste when it comes to Kyle D. So we got to figure out how to harness that shit because it's a problem. Thank you to all the patrons uh, for coming in. I, I hope that was fun for you. It was, uh, I I projected that it was fun to you. I gave it the appearance of being fun from here. So I, I did it that way. 
I have, I have questions. I have questions. Audience questions. People who say things and they would like me to respond to them. I think we're going to come in a little short today. Just a little, just, yeah, just a, just a, yeah. just a little bit. Mm. Can you guys hear the David Letterman influence there? Because I can. Uh, James says, hi, I was wondering what books you would recommend to learn how to write and draw comics. Okay. This is going to be one of those answers. People who've listened to the show are ready when there's going to be one of those answers. Yes, there are books. You should read Interesting Comics by uh, Scott McCloud. Um, and you should read a lot of comics. You should be like, well, they say this guy's amazing. This lady's good at it. What, why is that? Read, 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 read. Analyze, analyze, analyze. Understand, understand, understand. Start drawing even before you don't know what you're doing. You do all those things. Um, there are other things. Bendis did a book. Uh, uh, Fred Van Lente and Greg Pak did a book. There are lots of, of texts I never read a book on how to draw comics except for how to draw comics the Marvel way. I think you should probably read that if you hadn't. That's a goddamned that that's just got everything you need to know in there. But but you got to understand the parts. And I don't know that there's books that are going to necessarily make you do that after you get the 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 rudiments down. When you understand, oh this is how pages work. This is why this is more dramatic. This is better storytelling. Uh that's about as far as you can go until you are walking the walk. You start drawing, but the whole time you're drawing, you're studying. You're studying masters. You're studying normal comics. You're studying bad artists. You're just taking in everything, and this is the really important part. Get the hell out of just comics, though, because storytelling does not only exist in one medium. You don't only really want to learn how to just tell comics by reading comics. So watch films, read books, watch documentary uh, 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 you know, if you're drawing, take figure drawing classes, go to life drawing, learn how to paint, learn how to do as much art as you can to give yourself, you know, range so that you're not just saying, oh, I'm going to draw like Dallin Davis and I'll call it a day. Be an artist. You know, like uh, Gabe Hardman's one of my favorite comic book artists, and, and he's constantly posting pictures of him, uh, you know, drawing, you know, going to figure drawing classes and, and life drawing and stuff like that. And I love seeing that. I love that, like, these guys are artists, you know, not comic book artists. And I think that's what you should aim for. You're going to be a visual artist. You know, you can do that in comics, you know, but but you you have to be an artist first. And then you have to go in and be like, oh, how do I make this work as a sequential art page? How do I do the storytelling? How do I learn what to put in, what not to put in, what to leave? You know, it's all well and good to have a, a book that, looks like exciting comics or looks like art in comics or looks like Alec Ross doing painting in comics, but you have to do your thing and find where it is. And there's, there's no way to be like, this book will get you there. There's so much material out there, but so much of it is in the text after you have the basics down, but never stop actually doing the thing. Cause you're going to learn you're on your own. You're going to learn, Oh, if I, if I draw it this way, I can't stack panels on the left because that screws it up as soon as you send it to your letterer. Trust me. Okay, next one here. I, this is important. I, we don't normally read complimentary things. Um, normally, we even cut those sentences out. Of a, You know, occasionally we'll, we'll leave it or somebody's like, love the show, whatever. We normally cut that part out of any given question. Um, it's because we want to, you know, we're efficient. We want to get to the meat of the thing. Um but I have a soft spot in my heart for people who have been around iFanboy for a long time. And now, I don't know, what, what year is it? You know, it's 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 coming up on 20 years. I know. And the podcast started in 2005, so all oh, that's very scary. Uh, but this email's from Deezer. And I was immediately like, all right, Deezer. That was a name I used to see on the website all the time. Uh, and said, I wanted to, I'm going I'm to read the email now. I just wanted to send a quick email to thank you guys. Uh, what you've done, what have you done, you might ask? Nothing except be yourselves, and that's what's awesome. I listened to you guys starting with a falling down TIE fighter. That was in the first or second episode we ever did, I think. I was, I knocked it over. Uh, falling down TIE fighter until the beginning of 2016 when, largely due to a lack of a shop run by someone other than the comic book guy from The Simpsons, I dropped out of comics. Years passed, and with it's funny because he said 2016, and I was like, well, that wasn't that long ago, but apparently it was three years ago. Um, ugh, years passed, and the lack of a good comic shop, and the fact that, uh, as I heard you guys say in a recent episode, comics being wicked dark these days, I stopped reading, and I never really thought about them, but I fanboy was always a part of my life. 
I have an old iFanboy button on a hat I wear a lot. My Amazon link is still the iFanboy link. Way to go, dog. Uh, and, uh, and I frequently would say that I've thought about things for at least a couple of weeks, uh, much to the general confusion of those around me, which is funny, which means that we've been doing that for, like, many years now. So, wow. Um, that being said, I recently decided somehow through a long series of events that would make uh, most comic summer events seem streamlined to start listening to your show again. And it was wonderful. You guys were exactly as I remembered you. And although I was slightly see, sad to see that Ron had moved on again, is he well? I'm going to get to that. And many of the old jokes and feeling of community that have endeared me to my fanboy in the past will still be there. And I picked up my first comic in several years again. Deezer. I just thought that was nice. It made me feel good. Every once in a while, I will think of somebody who is a big part of the community for a certain time, and they moved along. And I expect people to move along. I've never, I can't think of anything that I've been listening to for 14 years. I stopped watching The Simpsons. I don't watch SNL all the time. People who have listened to us for this long, oh my God, I'm so touched and honored. It, it means something. It's why I'm sitting here in my cold basement. It was really warm out today, but the basement's still cold. It's just so cool. And 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 to have people sort of recognize, like, oh, we're doing our thing. And we're still having fun doing it. It's true, you know? And, and oh, I, I appreciate that so much. Uh, it, it means the world to me. I mean, other than, you know, an ego stroke, because it is. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, you know, people, people, you know, thousands and thousands of people listen every week uh, and, and have been for a long time. And they, they trust us. They believe, you know, that we're sincere. It's not the same thing as being right, being sincere, which is really important to me. You may be wrong, but you know you mean what you say. You you can back it up. Um, you're entertaining. I want to be funny. I want to be. I want you to feel like you're getting your time's worth. So when somebody you know gets out of comics and comes back in, I love it when people say I stopped reading comics, but I still listen. I like it even more when they say they're back to reading comics because there's still so many good things out there. Twenty two books this week, man. What the heck. Hey, thanks, Deezer. Thanks for folks like you. Thanks for folks who stuck around. Thanks for folks who listened and then went and did another thing. That's also cool. Uh, if you ever run into me in the world and you're like, hey, I like the show, you don't have to hide the fact that you stopped listening a while back. I get it. I probably would have too. It's all good. Uh, thanks to everyone listening. That's awesome. Uh, you can write us at contact at ifanboy.com. Dudes. Dudettes. Dudelings. Dudingers. <laughs> Dudingers? Or just, you know, the dude, his dudeness, your royal, royal dudeness. Um, where was I? I started doing that. A lot of special edition shows. This is just stupid. There's a Shazam show. I wasn't on it, but I did see the movie. thought it was pretty fun. A little dark, a little scary for the kids, I thought. Um, it was a Hellboy show. It was, uh, I just did that. I was pretty short. It's 14 minutes, maybe 13.59. I talked about going to see Hellboy. It was kind of pointless. The movie, not the show. Both. Both were. Uh, then the Animation Brain Trust convened, uh, and then on this last Thursday, they released uh, a show on Justice League versus the Fatal Five. I keep wanting to say Furious Five, like early Bronx-based New York City rap. Uh, those are all out. Coming soon will be the Avengers Endgame. That's going to be next week. I'm not sure exactly what day. Um, we're all going to see it Thursday. Probably have it up Friday night. I think, if I can do that. Uh, and then there will be a talk explode. I, I got my guest. I have to schedule it. I have to record it. It's going to be right near the end of the month, if not a little bit over the border because of all these shows that are coming out. Uh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, but there will be a talk explode our interview podcast. So there you go. You can head over to ifanboy.com. You can find all of our podcasts. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out by liking ifanboy. Uh, over at facebook.com slash ifanboy or following at ifanboy on Twitter. Of course, there's ifanboy comics on Instagram, best of the week in panels, etc., uh, which I didn't do this week. That's my fault. Connor would have never let that happen. I, I, I just, I, I was too overwhelmed with things that had to be done. And uh, sorry about that. So uh, that will keep going. Connor, Connor's mostly responsible for those. Uh, cause he's, cause he care. He cares more than I do. All that stuff that I talked about caring, I'm giving you all I can, man. Uh, Connor has a little more to give, uh, in that sense. You can follow us individually, Jay Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram and CS Kilpatrick on Instagram where he posts movie stills from old movies. And I hope that he's watching those movies and really enjoys them, not trying to just make himself look worldly. No, he really does like those movies. If you like this show, you can write us a review or leave us a star rating on iTunes. We've talked about this a lot. You know how it works. Say nice things about this show, about other shows. Tell people about it. That's the way it goes. It's helpful. Tell your friends about us. Help us do this thing. And 
for my best friend Connor, who is uh, enjoying a, a well-deserved vacation where he's making personal spreadsheets of his own and scheduling things on a calendar, but for his own enjoyment. I'm Josh. Thanks. Goodbye.